Welcome to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast with your host, Mathia Ford, CEO of Renal Diet Headquarters. This is our weekly talk about how you can succeed with a kidney diet. Brought to you by RenalDietHQ.com, a website whose mission is to be the most valued resource on kidney disease that people can use to improve their health. Hi, this is Mathia Ford with the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast, and this week we're on podcast number 16, being released on April 9th, 2014. You can find the information and the links that I talk about at www.renaldiethq.com forward slash 016. That's where you'll find more information about what I'm talking about. Okay, this week we're going to talk about two things. And I'm going to remind you at the beginning right now that the caregiver guide is coming out soon. And so if you're interested in more information, you can go to renaldiethq.com forward slash go forward slash caregiver, and you can find out information about that product, but it's a product made for people who are caregivers of people with chronic kidney disease. So this week we're going to talk about stress, and this month is about stress um, management, handling stress, and so first thing is we're going to talk about stress management, how to keep stress at bay, and mainly we're going to talk about dealing with other people's stress and how to not let it get to you. So I know a lot of people have to deal with other people's stress or other people that are stressful to them around them. So I'm going to give you some ideas today. And then number two, I'm going to talk about exercise and how much you should exercise, how often, and if it, if it helps at all with stress. So those are the two things we're going to talk about today. Number one, talk about stress management and keeping that what I like to call contagious stress, which is other people's stress that gets into your own stress away. It's hard enough for you to manage your own stress, but when you have someone in your life who can't handle theirs and they like to lean on you, um, bring it, bring you down to their stressed out life, it can be equally as harmful to you as it is to them. Stress that's not stemming from your own life, but from someone else's life um, is very difficult to recognize sometimes what happens because you're not, because the stressed out person is in your life, you catch their stress easily and it makes it almost like a contagious stress. And many times you become just as stressed. There's like a secondhand stress effect. Secondhand stress can affect you the same way your own stress does in small doses. It's really manageable. But when you're around someone who constantly is stressed out, they're around you quite a bit, it becomes overwhelming. Stress has both both a physical and mental response in your body. You might even be able to recognize the stress the moment you get around a certain person because your body kind of reacts to them being around. It becomes conditioned to respond to them. Depression and anxiety might be the first thing you feel when you get around that person that's stressful. Their tale is always one of chaos and frustration, never about like being relaxed, being calm. It might make you nervous to talk to them because you're going to hear something that you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to listen to this. You might start to feel angry more often. This is especially true if the situation is something that causes you to be angry too. Every crisis they have suddenly becomes your crisis too. 
Physically, your body will be upset every time you come in contact with this person. You might feel a headache coming on when you're talking to them. Sometimes you might wake up with one because you couldn't sleep well thinking about everything that they told you. So they tell you stressful things. Your blood pressure might rise when you're in a conversation with this person. And if you already have blood pressure issues, then that's not a good thing. But dealing with their stress makes your blood pressure rise too. Um, diabetes and heart disease are often associated with stress levels. And if you already have either one of those conditions, then being around even stressed out people can be harmful to you. Skin conditions can become an issue. You might break out in hives when you're dealing with other people's stress. You might have an acne outbreak or psoriasis or rosacea. Those are all issues that can happen when you have your own stress. The problem is everybody experiences stress. But when you surround yourself with highly stressed individuals who like to share it with you, you're overdosing and it won't be healthy. People like this can be leeches. Not only do they come to you in order to soothe their frustrations, get it off their chest, but they used to they use you to feed off of and get them through their tough times. Unfortunately, by doing this, they drain you of your own good mood. Should something stressful happen to you in your own life, you won't be equipped to handle it well because now you're removed of any positivity. So if you thought you might be positive today and you see them and they kind of drain you, then that's that makes it hard to be positive for the day. Not only will their foul moves sway you to becoming more negative in your life and in life in general, but it can be a domino effect and you will then put stress on people in your life, like your spouse or your kids. What kinds of um, quote-unquote contagious stress is there? Any stress that's truly part of your own responsibility should not be ignored, even if someone else is the one the situation is affecting more. For example, your child's stress. As a parent, if you have a little one or a teenager who is enduring a lot of stress with friends or schoolwork or sports, you need to take it upon yourself to shoulder that burden and help them get through a tough situation. Um, The financial stress of your household is part of your responsibility. If your spouse is suffering with their career or not bringing in enough money or a lot of things have changed, then you can help them find ways to grow in their contribution of the household earnings. You can help with your contribution. You can do things to help with that. But you can only take on the burden so much. If you can't help it, if someone is continually miserable with his or her job and they keep complaining about it day after day without ever taking steps to remedy the situation. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things about people when they're being stressful to you is if they don't take any steps to remedy the situation, then it's difficult for you because you don't want to listen to them anymore. At some point you're like, you're not doing anything about it. I'm not going to help you anymore. If someone you love is not handling their stress well to the point that their life is in danger, then it's natural to take that on to some degree. But if you sense there's a danger like suicide, then you need to get the person professional help and remove yourself from the situation. Job stress is one common form of stress that your friends or family might come to you to complain about. It's one thing to get quick advice about how to approach a certain situation, but another if they aren't interested in change, just really want to gripe about it. Find out if the person wants or needs your input. If you're just a sounding board and it never ends, you'll have to use one of the methods I talk about later um, to get you some relief. But 
other, a lot of people out there just really want to just get it off their chest. And it's just, sometimes it gets to be, you get tired of hearing it. Relationship stress is sometimes at the root of someone's unhappiness. A friend might confide in you about their life behind closed doors. If they're in danger, seek help for them. If it's simply a case of allowing themselves to be a doormat for someone else, that's when it can become a stress issue for you, even though you yourself aren't part of the relationship. If you want to help them, you want to give them advice, but they won't listen, then it's frustrating. Money stress is a common stress for many people. Sometimes fans, friends or family might just be venting and sharing while others telling you in an effort to get you to bail them out of a money mess. Some people might be, you know, trying to always never have enough money and always expecting you to help them. Health stress is one situation where you can help a friend or a loved one shoulder the burden. If a friend needs to talk about their battle with cancer, for instance, then it's helpful if you're there for them, even offering to run errands or go to appointments with them. To help you deal with the stress, you can practice stress-relieving measures yourself. That might mean aromatherapy like we talked about last week, counseling, or exercise. If you can, take your friend who's in a precarious health situation and create a day out for the two of you to enjoy, like a spa day or a lunch and a movie. With health stress, if it's short-term, it probably won't be an issue. But if you know someone's dealing with long-term or terminal illness, it can be something that is taken to the next level. Major life change stress is another area where friends and family might reach out to you for your help. These are things like marriage, birth of a child, death in the family, moving, divorce. When you care about someone, obviously their pain is going to be your pain. This is normal. And it shows in the deep bonds you've created with the other individuals. There's a big difference between a friend who reaches out to you because she's battling breast cancer and a friend who stays in a bad job and doesn't make any effort to make herself get a better career. You have to gauge which type of stress your friend or family member is presenting. Is it something which is where you should be there for them unconditionally or is it a situation where you're exposing yourself to someone who refuses to take responsibility and merely wants another person to feel the pain with them? Do they just want to gripe? So, since it's contagious, let's talk about vaccinating yourself from other people's stress. It's these types of people that we have to be careful of. The ones so mired in their own pity party that they can't breathe and they want you there with them so they don't feel so alone. Instead of being inspired by, inspired by your positive outlook and using it to improve their own lives, they prefer to drag you down with them. They want to not feel so alone, and if you allow them to, they'll chain you to their problems. There are some individuals who have to or want to continue being around. For those individuals, you need to have a plan in place where you can manage their stress so it's not affecting you as much. If this is a situation where you know ahead of time what you're getting into and yet you're able to prevent their troubles from affecting your own life, there are three ways you can achieve this. First, you can try steering the conversation away from the repeat stress topics. For example, let's say your friend continually gripes about their spouse every time you get around them. You just have to acknowledge what they say. Offer condolences that they're going through that. And then... 
perk the conversation up to something more positive. Here's an example conversation for you to see how it works. Your friend. I'm so annoyed with my husband. He never spends time with me anymore. He's always out with his friends. Then you would say, I understand that must hurt your feelings. Hey, why don't we get together next week and do something fun? Have you ever been to one of those paint and wine parties at the art store? So you let the friend know that you heard what they said. You offered condolences and you tried to prevent, present a positive spin on the situation. If they try to drag you back in the conversation. Just nod and say, I'm sorry and change the topic again. Never give them more ammunition than that. If you start asking questions and trying to be a relationship counselor, then it will just frustrate you. You might also want to get the business card of a relationship counselor and say something like, I'm so sorry. I thought about you and picked this up the other day. Since I'm not a, 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 equipped to help you deal with it, I hope this helps. And then the conversation on to another topic. The second thing you can do is to fortify your own outlook by not taking on their problems. If you're able to do this, your friend can mutter on about their woes and you'll be just fine nodding your head, sympathizing, and never let it evade, invade your emotional well-being. You have to understand that not every problem is fixable. Not every person truly wants to fix their problems either. Some just love having things to gripe about. Call them negative Nellies or what a, Debbie Downers or whatever you want, but the truth is they don't care about anything other than unhappiness and you'll never break through so you can listen but refuse to fix it for them lastly you can help as much as possible without hindering yourself hindering yourself what if a friend came to you complaining about her career if she was struggling to pay the bills month after month and yet you enjoy a great deal of wealth would you feel obligated to loan money all the time Instead, offer advice about resources they can use to change their life, but don't make their problems your problems and don't start loaning them money. Setting uncomfortable boundaries that offer you a better life. Sometimes when you're unable to distance yourself in one way, like becoming emotionally uninvested in their issues, you have to distance yourself a different way physically. It doesn't mean you have to cut all ties with someone, although in extreme cases that might be what has to happen depending on how bad it's affecting you and your family. Set a limit on your phone conversations. If your friend has a habit of calling you after work and droning on and on for two hours about their horrible life, make it a point to end the conversation in a certain amount of time, about 15 or 20 minutes. In fact, you might tell the person when they first call that you can't talk that long. What I used to do is um, my grandmother used to like to tell me about how she had some stressful things in her life and it always made me more stressed out. So I would say, you know what? I really love hearing about what you're doing. I don't like to hear about what other people are doing, other family members are doing. So I would love to hear about you and how bowling went or how whatever went this week. So I would just try that maybe and see if after a couple times they don't figure out that oh yeah they don't really want to hear about that stressful stuff um and it helps to get them out because then they know you care about them and you you called to talk to them about what they're doing um meet with them in settings where other people and distractions are present these kinds of stress people usually want all the attention on themselves they don't want to share the spotlight so by forcing it to be in a place where your attention is divided 
they'll feel less like sharing. Or if they do, you'll be easy to get out of the conversation and seek relief. Be honest with them about how their stress is affecting your life. Some people just aren't aware of it. In a loving way, let them know that you care about them and sympathize with them in their situation. But you have to alleviate stress about in your own life for your own reasons. So you'll need to keep the conversation light. So that's my advice on dealing with other people's stress. And the second thing I said I wanted to talk about was exercise. Um, and the question was, how much should I exercise? And the answer is, you should exercise about 150 minutes per week or about 30 minutes five times a day. I mean, five, five days per week, <laughs> five times a day. 30 minutes, five days a week. That's the healthy level. If you have difficulty walking, you can get like a chair aerobics DVD or walk in a swimming pool. I've seen people who are um, without legs, you know, do the swimming pool with some help. Um, walking is one of the best forms of exercise and, and just being consistent. So trying to be consistent and not pushing yourself really hard. So one time then, and then you hurt yourself. What I'm worried about is you might go, oh, if, if 30 minutes is good, I should do 60 minutes. And that's okay. You can do that as long as you know that you're not going to wear yourself out for the next day. Keep it steady and do what you can. If you can't do the 30 minutes at the beginning of the time you start out with, start with what you can do and build. Ask your doctor, obviously, if you have any questions about what you can exercise. As for helping with stress, the answer is yes, it really can help with stress. Studies have shown that it helps you cope with stress by helping your body learn how to react when the fight or flight stress comes on. Let me explain. When you get stressed, your body reacts by increasing your heart rate and releasing endorphins or hormones that allow your body to prepare to either stay and fight or to run, also known as flight. This is a relic of our caveman and ancestry, but nonetheless, it happens whether or not the stress is emotional or physical. So whether someone's t yelling at you or physically offering to fight you, um, the stress response is the same, even though it's really meant for a physical manifestation. Exercise really does the same thing. So your body is better at recovering from the smaller daily stressors. So each time you get stressed, your body says, oh, do I need to get ready to fight or flight? And then it has to calm down. Exercise gives it that opportunity and teaches it how to do it the best way possible so that you react to that stress differently. Your body's better at recovering and exercise causes, causes your heart rate to increase and your endorphins to increase on a more measured level and you recover from it on a daily basis. So this is better for your heart and your body. So exercise by doing what you can for about 150 minutes per week and see how much better you can handle those stressful days and those stressful people. I find that when I exercise regularly, stress is just doesn't seem as difficult to handle. It really does seem to kind of almost be like water off a duck's back. It's really easy. So um, thanks for listening today. Remember, you can go back to our website at www.renaldiethq.com forward slash 016 for all the information and more. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Renal Diet Headquarters podcast.
Head on over to the website at www.renaldiethq.com slash go slash email to sign up for our email list and get exciting updates every week on what is happening. Thanks, and we will talk to you again next week.